1: Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. Addiction is one of the biggest issues that we face in society today. It's not talked about enough, we're not educated about it enough, and it extends from just drug and alcohol abuse. It could be addiction to work, to exercise, to eating, there's so many different angles it could take. In this episode, I sat down with Pam Gaslow, who is a comedian and a writer amongst many other things, and she talked about her sobriety and how she got there and the issues that she overcame. She's designed catalogues for J Crew, performed stand-up comedy, and has even worked as Henry Bendel's only female security card. She's written several books covering topics such as her journey from a toxic marijuana addiction and has performed at comedy clubs across the US using candor, honesty, and wit to educate people about serious issues. The New York-born writer is also a contributor to The Huffington Post, The Good Men Project, The Times of Israel, and Newsbreak. She's also worked as a mixed-media artist and once-owned and designed children's clothing lines. If you'd like to check out the Move Your Mind community, you can find the links at moveyourmind.me, and you can order the Move Your Mind book by going to nickbrax.com book, and we've also re-released Underbrax to celebrate the 10-year anniversary. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health, you can find the products at www.underbrax.com. Pam, thank you so much for making the time to come on my podcast, Move Your Mind. Good to have you here.
2: Good to be here.
1: To begin with, we just always ask the guests just to give a, a bit of a background on, on their story, how you sort of came to be, where you are and what you're doing today. Do you mind just giving sort of a bit of an overview before we, before we get into it?
2: Okay, so I grew up in New York. I lived there my whole life until about 10 years ago. I've been in recovery for uh, about 26 years, sober. Not sober, but I've been in recovery for 26 years. I got sober at 26 um, and I had a couple of big relapses, which I subsequently wrote about in my book that I assume we are going to discuss. <clears throat> and I've also struggled with depression. I know you have as well, and that's just very intertwined with, you know, substance abuse for me. And, you know, I'm a writer. I've written for many different publications. I've done stand up comedy, and mostly, you know, now I live in Miami. I'm sober, and that's what I do. And I write.
1: Wow. Yeah. No. I. I, I really. I found it fascinating the your your story and the fact um, that a lot of it. I guess with the mental health from what I saw that you use, have used, you know, comedy um, as, as, as an outlet as well, by, by the look of it, which I think is such a powerful thing. Um, Have you found that it sort of informed, I guess the the mental health informed a, a lot of that and added to the comedy. It seems like that's a pretty common thing for a lot of comedians.
2: Definitely. I think that there is humor in everything. And I think that just to get through life and to get through like the difficult uh, times and all that, like you definitely need humor or else you'll just, you know, cry and fall apart. Excuse me. So I just kind of find the absurd in a lot of, you know, situations and like to talk about that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's sort of, and I think that's where the, you know, the most entertainment, comes from from real life situations a lot of that kind of stuff you can't sort of create you know you can't come up with things that are as interesting or funny or entertaining as what actually totally. happens in real life.
2: Agreed yeah even in some of my old writing people are like oh well you know you have such a great imagination I'm like I didn't make that up I mean you know that really <laughs> happened <laughs> like, I can't make it's, anything up like that.
1: <laughs> it's crazy yeah exactly and a lot of people probably wouldn't wouldn't be able to imagine or wouldn't know that you actually, you know, went through half of these things that, that have happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: So you're, so you were saying you've been sober since you were 20, 26. Um, what, when, when did, when did that all begin in terms of the addiction and you know, what, 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 how, how bad did it get? What, what, what was, what, what were you going through with that?
2: Um, when did it begin? I guess, you know, it's hard to really say when it began and when it got out of control. But um I think I always had that personality and whether it came out in other areas like men or, you know, that was probably like before I got into like the alcohol, probably like, you know, <clears throat> like obsessive relationships and things like that. And um I, you know, I only, I drank and I smoked pot. I've never done any other drugs. I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid of alcohol. I'm afraid of pers- like everything now because of where it took me. But so I never did any harder drugs than that, but it was enough. And I think everything started to get out of control, like right when I graduated high school and which was a long time ago now. And I just felt so lost and sad and I didn't want to grow up and I didn't want to leave high school and I felt so comfortable. And how does everyone know what they're doing and where they're going and what they want to you know, do with their lives? I have no idea. So basically I just started drinking and acting out and acting stupid and being depressed about it. And it was like a vicious cycle. And so that was like, you know, mostly through college, I would have these like ups and downs of like, okay, I'm, I would drink so much and then I would feel embarrassed and ashamed and horrible. And I would stay home, you know, for like a few weeks. And I would go out and do it again. Cause I didn't know how to live at that, that, and you know, that continued, it was just like a sad kind of depressing cycle for many many years and when i was 26 i um you know i i stopped going out i would just sit i would drink alone you know i would have a bottle of wine every night by myself and then i'd smoke a joint and then i was like happy and like ready to make phone calls you know i was like good and then um you know, this was going on. I just I didn't have a life, you know, I was very secluded, isolated and unhappy, but just like self medicating. And basically somebody when I was 26 came into my life who, you know, I, I had seen what he had gone through. And you know, this is a very long story that I'm making short. And he encouraged me to get sober and to go to AA. So I I did that. And I stayed sober for like, uh, seven and a half years, completely sober. And then, I had a relapse and then I stayed sober another eight years and then I had another relapse, which is what I wrote about in my book. So that's like a quick summary.
1: Wow. Yeah. There's so much in that. No, well, thank you for the, for the summary and for, for going, for going into it. And I think what you're saying, I mean, so much, so much of it's so relatable I'm sure for so many people, especially with uh, that feeling of after school feeling like, okay, I don't, but I don't feel like I'm grown up already to, fend for myself or do this or who am I, what am I doing? And there's no rule book on this stuff as well. Uh, and I think it's a huge reason why, even with um, the podcast, what we're trying to do just have these conversations to educate people about, uh, you know, how can we go and find that support and learn to try and understand ourselves because we really don't get taught this stuff, do we?
2: No, not at all. I just felt like how does everyone know what they're doing? How do you know anything? Like, how do you know what you want to study? How do you know when you want to go to college? How do you know how to find the classroom? Like, literally, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do you behave? How do you meet people? How do you meet people without drinking? Like, I don't know. I didn't know.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And, and we just, it's, it's probably the most important thing that we just don't get taught. So it's, it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, the other thing I find interesting is, I guess, if you're saying that and you were probably struggling with, you know, social anxiety and things like that, you've then transitioned down the track into, you know, stand up comedy, into doing quite public things that a lot of people uh, would be terrified to do. Was that um, a big jump for you to, to go and do that?
2: Yeah, I don't even know how I did that. I, I think about <laughs> it. and Even the first time I saw myself do it on on film, I was like, oh, my God. But, and I was, I was nervous, but I don't know, people kept saying, you're funny, you're funny. And so I just like, you know, I signed up for this class at at Caroline's in New York. And I was like, well, you know, I have nothing to lose. And it was fun. Like, I really couldn't believe that I did it. It was just not my personality, you know, growing up. Like, I was more like quiet, but I guess I got more confident. And uh, yeah. it was fun. I mean, it's fun when it's fun. It's like, I just, it's just like a really high high and a really low low. It's like. <laughs> it's, it's yes. nerve-wracking but yeah so it's not the easiest thing to do obviously
1: no I've never done that I've done a lot of other public sort of things but I can admit that to me sounds like pretty much the scariest thing you can do it would be so <laughs> so tough is. so scary probably
2: <laughs> kind but of I is. guess so
1: liberating yeah <laughs> and, and is yeah. there a liberation in it as well when you do that you sort of feel, would probably feel like well I did this and whether it goes well or not well I'm you know, if I can get through this and then, then what, you know, I can do anything.
2: Yeah. It's funny. I remember, um, not anything, but definitely. Yeah. And I like a lot of things. Yeah. And I've, I've done it a bunch. And then I remember it was my dad's like 70th birthday and they asked me to give a speech and I was terrified. I'm like, wait, why are you scared to, to talk in front of people? You've already done this. And I was like, Oh yeah, give me the microphone, you know? <laughs> like. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it definitely, it, it, it uh, it makes you less less afraid to do things, yeah.
1: And I think that's an interesting point as well. Well, I, I've definitely found that, and I know so many other people I've talked to have found the same thing, where it can be I can I could be comfortable going and doing a speech in front of a thousand people if I don't know them, but then if you're doing something in front of you know you've got five friends or family members that you know, <laughs> it'll be terrifying. I'll be you know n- not able to sleep before doing it. It's oh, that,
2: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so much it's easier funny. when you don't know everyone. Yeah. Yeah. When I all like your friends so show funny. up, you're like thinking about every one of them. What are they going to think of me and all that? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's better if it's completely anonymous.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so you were saying you lived in New York for a huge chunk of your life, 20, 20 years in New York City, you were I saying? I lived in uh, as
2: an adult. Well, I grew up in New York on Long Island. And then as an adult, I lived there for like 20 years. Yeah
1: yeah well and long, how has that experience it's a long time I've been there for 15 months and already it's felt you know it's been amazing but it felt like a long it's time it a lifetime
2: <laughs> you're not how, gonna how, make it to 20 years
1: <laughs> I don't think so I don't think so but <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah how did you find that
2: well I wrote a st- I wrote a piece about that too called why I left New York you might want to read that um
1: yes please you know you
2: um it. Listen, we come from different places, and I understand wanting to experience New York if you've never lived there, and I think it's great. I just think I stayed there too long. Um, mm. For me, I the weather really bothered me immensely and yeah. uh, <laughs> the the lack of sunshine the, for half the year.
1: <laughs> the extremes. And, and then in the summer, it's too I, it's just it's too muggy. it's too hot. It's just yeah. I find that- And it's
2: too cold. And like once I left there, I don't want to put it down because you live there, but once I left, I realized other things I didn't like.
1: Please tell me. Yeah.
2: Listen, it's, it's, it's cutthroat. It's a fast pace and it's getting everywhere. Getting around the city is really annoying. It's fucking expensive. It takes forever. The (laughs) traffic, all these things. I mean, it's a lot standing online everywhere. There's a billion people on the sidewalk. You know, I mean, it's just, but there's no place like it, and I think if you're young and you have the means to live there and try it out, I'd definitely do that. But I think as I got older, I, I didn't want to be there anymore.
1: No, absolutely. I think for, yeah. yeah, I think it's a great experience to live there. But yeah, exactly, like you're saying, I think it's sort of unnecessarily difficult in a lot of ways. It's a when... lot.
2: It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to when deal you... with. And you're in a rush, and you don't know why, and everyone's like, you know, rushing and not nice, and. <laughs>
1: Yeah, expensive and chaotic and yeah, exactly. And and I guess from what I've seen as well, um, I'm interested if, if this happened to you. Um, it seems like a lot of people sort of, I don't really intend to stay there that long, but end up, I don't know, not being just years past and you keep staying because you sort of, you get sucked into that New York sort of yeah. lifestyle and... Uh, feeling of being I guess in that epicenter of the world you you almost even when you want to and it's interesting so many people I've talked to it and I've felt this thing as well where it's like uh, I sort of I'm struggling I want to leave but I'm not going to because I'm in New York and I can't and then you just keep doing that
2: completely I think that's I mean I felt victim to that also I also I'm from there and grew up there and like you just it's like ingrained in you like that you don't leave you know and like where are you going and I remember yeah, like exactly. when I moved to Florida, like I, I had a boyfriend that lived in New York and he's like, who lives in Florida? Like he literally said that to me. Now everybody does since the pandemic, like half of New That's York moved exactly. down here. But I'm like, yeah, it's really pretty here and it's clean and it's sunny and it's warm and people are nice. And I don't know, like those are big things, you know? Um, exactly. But I, yeah, I did have that like, oh, I can't leave New York. Like I'm a diehard New Yorker. This is the greatest city on earth. And you know what? It's, the, it's a great city to visit. I think. I don't I think agree. I agree. Yeah. I
1: Yeah. I think it's a fantastic wow. city to, to visit and then you can go live somewhere like where you are <laughs> now and you know have a di- nice day-to-day lifestyle and then go to New York for a weekend and get the most right. out of it.
2: It's a quali- it's a quality of life thing.
1: Yep. Exactly. And did you okay. so did you wait, find New York con- yeah, we we're in a grant here. Don't don't worry. You not. <laughs> yep. <yeah. laughs> I've thought about a lot of these things. Um uh-huh. are you did you find it was conducive to your career did it help a lot in that way being in New York or
2: Definitely I think that you know everyone in New York has a fire under their ass you know and it's like mm-hmm. everything is about work and what you do and mm-hmm. you know living in Florida is just not the same and a lot of people here don't work it's hard it's it's just it's, it's more like a vacation mentality that's my personal take on it which is why people come here to retire
0: <laughs> you yeah. know it's
2: not like but, you know, it's changed and a lot of companies have made their headquarters down here and it's changed in the last few years because of COVID. So, but, you know, I think New York is just the work, work, work and like, what do you do? And it's, you know, that's so, so important there. And I think also when you leave, you realize that's not everything in life. You know, what you do is not everything. It's like who are, who you are as a person is, is really important too and, and your daily existence of being you know not miserable you know <laughs> that's like you know i finally realized that i'm like okay it's not the most important thing how much money you make and what you do and who you are
1: but yeah, yeah. exactly like you said you know it's slight, slightly important that we you know enjoy our lives as well and like do things that right. are healthy for us and all that stuff it's um and and that's yeah it's so interesting because that sort of feels like it's the epicenter for you know a big problem that we just have in general in the world that you were mentioning there about Um, us trying to be defined by, you know, what we're doing, Mm. what we're achieving, how much money we're making, how much status we have, whatever it is. And we Mm. get so caught up in, in that and you just lose track. And, and, you know, I felt that so much in New York and I found it difficult at times to, I was almost losing myself in what I was doing and beating myself up thinking, okay, I'm meeting all these people. I need to be doing this and that, and what am I doing? And why am I not doing well enough? And then I, it actually took me away from, um, from enjoying in and you know the, the things that I actually love doing yeah So I think it's agreed. a problem in life isn't it yeah
2: it is a problem yeah I think also yeah I mean you're much younger than me but if you see that now that's a good thing because it is important to like enjoy yourself as well and it's not you know yeah, what your title is and all that it's you know it's not everything
1: no exactly exactly that's sort of there's no end to that there's sort of you're climbing a ladder that doesn't end you'll get you'll get mm-hmm. to where you think will make you happy and then you'll find something else that you need to do there's no there's no right. end to it oh
2: wait that's not enough what else yeah, yeah. what's next what's next what's next yeah it's not enough not enough
1: what's next yeah there's no no end <laughs> um so what do you what well what do you what do you do outside of work that you enjoy what what are some things that um that yeah bring you joy outside of work?
2: I um it's not that exciting. Every time someone asks me this, I feel like it's really <laughs> boring. Um, you know, I I exercise a lot and that makes me feel good. And that was something people told me to do for a hundred years and I didn't listen to them because I was like, oh well, I'm skinny. I don't need to work out. You know, <laughs> like I don't know, I'm being honest. So I do yeah. that. I work out. I walk a lot. I you know, I have friends I hang with. I love, I love to take pictures. I love to travel and, like, just see new places and explore. And I don't know. I don't know what else I like to do. I hang out with my dog. I don't know.
1: All sounds pretty good. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. That's all stuff that I like doing. Like normal. Uh,
2: like nothing crazy going on.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and if we go back to, I guess, when when you were sort of, trying to get things back on track and the addiction and the relapse and that's sort of, all of that. Do you, were you able to sort of in retrospect pinpoint what were some root causes for it and what, what were things that ended up working to help you get yourself back on track?
2: Well, I, I, went to rehab which is you mentioned my book but the book i wrote is called don't bring your vibrator to rehab so
1: yes which uh, i want to <laughs> talk about yeah
2: <laughs> i um, you know i was messed up i i started when i moved to miami i was hanging out with a guy and i i hadn't had a drink or a smoked weed or anything for about 8 years and then i was just hanging out with this guy one night and he took out a bong and then I ended up, you know, getting high with him. So it's really not this exciting, glamorous or like dramatic story. It's actually really like lame to me when I even say it, but I'm going to say it because it's my experience and it could happen to other people. You know, I'm very tempted by that and like seduced by that, the smell of it and the setting and all that. So, You know, of of course, in hindsight, it was a terrible mistake, but that just, like, opened the door for me, and I sat in my apartment for two years down here. I just moved here. I didn't know anyone, and I sat and I got high by myself for, like, basically two years around the clock until the point that, like, you know, I couldn't think I... I was so depressed. I was lethargic. I had no hope. I was just lost. I was just gone, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was doing nothing with my life. And I hated myself for that, and for just and I couldn't stop. So I finally, you know, decided to um, to go somewhere and get help. And you know, I checked myself into a facility, and that's you know, I needed to just get out of my environment, and I needed professional help, and you know, to come back to life
1: yeah which which i guess everyone does at, at some point it's pretty hard to to make that change on your on your own
2: it's pretty hard when you're not really responsible for much and you're alone all the time yeah
1: yeah to so like break the
2: cycle from one day to the next and just say i couldn't do it i just i couldn't mm-hmm. do it
1: and then how difficult was it or has it been to to maintain that uh afterwards uh, are there are there certain things daily that you sort of learned to do that have helped
2: i you know i'm gonna be honest when i when i got out of Mm -hmm. that rehab i i stayed sober for a year and Mm -hmm. i i don't even remember what happened now honestly um but it was like i had another like quick relapse and then i i got sober again but no i i went to a lot of meetings down here and i met you know i met Sober women, which I never did before that, even though the meeting is literally around the corner for me. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. And then, you know, that was like pretty much around four times a week. And just, just like basically my life without it. I mean, I, I did. also do a group therapy right when i got out and that was i think three days a week and so that helped and i met a couple people there and you know just started routine like i said of just like exercising and hanging out with sober people and trying to like live my life without you know getting high and then so now i'll i'll have three years sober next month thank god so oh well
1: well yeah, yeah congratulations that's that's amazing
2: thank you thank you
1: um, no, it's, that's really amazing. Yeah, it's, it's such a difficult thing. And so so, so incredible. And I think it's also so incredible that you talk about it, because I, I know from, you know, being in this industry, and just seeing how people learn, um, and how much value they get, I'm sure that you are helping people, if not saving lives by by talking about this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, I like talking about it because I like just sharing my experience and being honest. And that's like the only way to help anybody else is just, you know, with your, they say your experience, strength and hope. And, you know, like, yeah. oh, if I, if you know, if I did it, you can do it. And we've all, you know, it's, it's not easy, but, you know, I think it's like, you know, they say recoveries for people that, that want it, not people that need it. Mm-hmm. So cuz I know a lot of people that need it that don't have it <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. But you know, I don't think for me I could live the other way anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that and that's interesting as well like you're saying. I think a lot of people that probably need it but don't want it or aren't acknowledging it or aren't ready and and that stems on so many different levels. I think even just in a in addiction we're not Um, educated about it you know people can be addicted to work for example which like we're talking about before you see in in new york or it could be a myriad of things and behaviors that are applauded in society it's not just drugs alcohol you know Mm -hmm. the common sort of things but then that can get swept under the rug or you know if it's validated and applauded it actually can be encouraged and you can go a whole lifetime never breaking that cycle
2: Also, especially for people that are successful and making money and, you know, they rationalize it like, oh, look, I have this big business and I'm successful and I don't have a problem. But like, you know, what's going on inside here and how do you really feel and how do you, you know.
1: Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrackscom slash book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be lo- loading up other groups. And you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events. We've got courses. We've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it, and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Yeah, <laughs> Yep. that can sort of be a problem sometimes if you're having too much success. It's going to give you too big of a, an outlet, too much of a mask to sort of never have to con, confront the, yep. the issue going on, sort of almost mm-hmm. need to rock bottom to be able to actually confront it.
2: Yeah, that's, it's, it's hard. I've seen a lot of people that just, you know, have excuses and they're fine and, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But so, they're can, suffering. Can you, but this, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah they're just not ready to to make that change
2: because mm-hmm. it's hard i mean it's super hard to change your life and that's why if it was easy everyone would do it you know yeah. to, it's so much easier to reach for a substance than to face your fears and emotions like who, nobody really wants to do that that's why people have to get so low to to seek help. usually like no one's going to rehab like on a great day you know <laughs> no yeah exactly it's it's
1: one of the hardest most confronting things you'll do and you know and I I try and talk about that a lot as well because I think um it's important that we understand that no it's not easy to make these changes but it is so it's going to be worth it and it's going to be hard but if you do do it and you you put in that work and you move out of your comfort zone you're going to set yourself up to be healthy and have a better quality of life longer term. But but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be one of the most confronting things you'll do.
2: Yeah. And it's so funny. It's like, even though I've done that in my head, I'm like, well, you haven't done enough. You know, you haven't worked on yourself. And I'm like, what does that even mean? It's like, now I'm on like all these TikToks and I'm watching that. And I'm like, am I not doing enough? Like, what do I need to do? Oh God. It's like, not, it doesn't end. It doesn't matter what you're thinking about. It's mm. Not enough. Not enough. Ugh.
1: That's so interesting. Okay. Yeah. And no, but I find, found that exact same thing. You, know, you, can, you can sort of find the thing that's healthier or the thing, the new path that you're on. And then you can turn that into something unhealthy because it can become, okay, I'm not doing enough. How do I do this? I need to, even in personal development, I need to do more personal development. I need to, and then you turn it into something where that becomes, you get overwhelmed from that. And then right. you're like, hang on is now counterproductive what the hell's going on here or like you're saying tiktok i started making a few recently and then i'm looking at all these people and they've got millions of followers how do i get to that what blah, blah, blah. it's like oh, i don't want to do right, this anymore it's right. <laughs> all <the> fun <laughs> same as a podcast i was like looking at you know there's two million podcasts in the world why am i doing a podcast who's going to listen to this what's the point you know there's so many they've got followers i'm not doing as well as them yeah. i'm just going to quit and then you actually suck the joy out of something that if you go back to the bare bones yes. of it like, but hang on, I'm doing this because I like doing it. I forgot why I want, you know, it's like you sort of forget.
2: Absolutely. Even when I wrote the book, I'm like, oh, you're going to write another book about recovery? You know, like, oh, how many people have done that? I mean, you could say it about anything on earth, you know, and I'm like, yeah. well, no one has the same voice as me. No one's telling me exact same story. Maybe my story will resonate with someone that, you know, someone else's story didn't. It doesn't really matter. Right. Then no one should do anything because there's always going to be someone better. Someone has more followers. Someone's better looking. Someone's smart. It's just, you know, it doesn't end. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Literally, like with that attitude, no one should do anything. And like you said, (laughs) everyone has their own unique voice and take. And you just don't know where it's going to lead or who it's going to help or how that how that's going to come out. So it's so important that you do go and just do these things and, and, you know, let the process sort itself out.
2: Mm-hmm. but it is, it's a struggle. Yeah.
1: It all is. So can you, can you tell me more about your book and how was the process of doing that? I, I released one um, last year and I've got so much respect for anyone who does that now. Cause I sort of saw how difficult that process is and find it. Yeah. Um, super, super impressive to, to see people doing that. Um, yeah. How, how, can you yeah, tell me about that and the process?
2: um well I went to treatment knowing that I wanted to write about it so I took notes while I was there and you know since I am a writer I write everything down and everything just always taking notes so I didn't want to go but I wanted to write about it if I was going to go so you know I took notes I wrote it and I just decided during COVID I actually put it on the back burner because I'm like well not good enough what am I going to do with it how am I going to get a public you know a million negative thoughts and then I was just like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna publish it myself because you know if I wait for everyone else I'll, I'll like be dead so um I just made that decision and I found you know people to work with and um It was fun. You know, it was, it was a good experience. And I, you know, got some publicity at a PR person in New York that I worked with and did some press and, you know, it was a good experience. I, I, I'm really glad that I did it. I'm proud that I, you know, followed through with it and I did the best I could, you know, with what, with what I had. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you want to know about that, but
1: yeah, no, I, I love that. And I love that, like you're saying, you know, not sort of waiting for the perfect way for it to happen, just doing it because there is no perfect way with it. Mm-hmm. Just getting it out there. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you, like you said, it, it literally, you would be sort of waiting forever if you if you don't have that attitude, if you sort of just want it to be perfect.
2: Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I tried, um, I had agents years ago and I wrote other books and, you know, I didn't, it didn't work out and just it's such a long process and now everything's changed and it's just I don't Mm. I don't have that many years to wait you know it's just anyway so that's that's how I did it
1: yeah well we don't need to anymore you can sort of the the world's different now we've got all the tools at our disposal to be like doing the podcast I guess you can sort of just put this stuff out that yourself you don't have to be waiting for permission or other you know needing all of those systems to do it you can do it yourself which I think is great it's empowering
2: Yes, definitely, for sure.
1: Uh, so, day to day now, what are the main things you're working on?
2: I'm working on staying sane. Okay, it's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> That's a lot of work. Right? Well, if you can find the answer to that, you know, I, I, I almost have a mental breakdown about twenty times a day, or probably well after this as well. So, please send me the answer.
2: <laughs> One day at a time. Um, <laughs> You know just kind of like what I said before I am trying to figure out what I want to write next and you know where I want to go from here I'm not a hundred percent sure but um you know I just just plan a bunch of trips for the summer and hang out with friends and maybe come to New York and meet you in person
1: please <laughs> I, I have no idea <laughs> yep. so, cool. yeah
2: so yeah
1: exactly well if you do and staying sober
2: and staying sober
1: that's pretty important no matter what yeah exactly no matter what happens because
2: nothing gets better nothing gets better if you use drugs and alcohol I can just tell you that you're bored Mm -hmm. and I like I've shared you know I've relapsed out of boredom and it's not worth it and find something to do you know only boring people get bored I'm sure you've heard that (laughs) yeah
1: yeah totally Totally, and I think, yeah, like you said, it's sort of we have this this thing in your mind and this compulsion that, no, if I do this or, you know, drugs, alcohol, relationships, whatever it is that this is going to fill that void, but it never does. None, none of it, Whatever you've got that, an, that that yuck feeling of that, that feeling of, like, urgency is never... I think that's always a sign of, okay, I've got to just almost stop and just take a step back because mm-hmm. um, it just doesn't work.
2: It's also, like, <clears throat> it's also just literally hurting yourself yeah you know like nothing good i mean just what i've done to myself and what i've done to my body to for what and i like start Mm -hmm. thinking about it logically i'm like you were high for two years like you didn't do anything like you just like numbed your brain like why are you on this earth you know what i'm saying like really got in there and i was like you like you might as well not be alive because you don't you're just obliterating your your brain so you don't have to think and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. doesn't, it work, doesn't for,
2: work. didn't work for me.
1: No, I don't think it really works. Not in a sustainable way for anyone. I think it's sort no. of um, everything that happens in someone's life informs, you know, the, the person you become and where you are, but you w- you sort of wouldn't go back and do it again, or you learn that, yeah, it just definitely doesn't work. But yeah, um, yeah, and it's hard
2: do. and it takes, you know, it takes some people longer and it takes some people get it fast. And I literally thought when I got sober at 26, I was like, I'm never going to relapse. I'm going to be sober a million years, you know? So yeah. it's just a warning that, you know, that was pretty arrogant of me to think that. I don't know why I thought I was going to be so perfect, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. life showed me that I'm not. So it's all good. It's all you have is today. And, you know, don't beat yourself up and just, you know. Don't
1: give up. Exactly. And and I think you sort of have to have that attitude that it is going to be forever. And then, you know, when if it if you do struggle, then you sort of deal with the process as you go. But um I guess yeah, it's so hard to know at that, that point, how you know what what it what it will be, but I can only imagine it would be. Yeah, so difficult.
2: Yeah. So um, I'm grateful.
1: So, yeah, and well, and I'm grateful for you coming on here and um, talking to me and sharing all of this. I know that this will, you know, genuinely help so many of our listeners and they'll get so much value out of, out of listening to you. So we, we finish every episode with just five closing questions. These can be, um, you know, short answers, whatever comes to mind. Um, so the first one is, uh, what did you like most about your childhood?
2: Um, what did I like most about my childhood? Is this sad that I'm hesitating?
1: I've had a lot of people Uh, hesitate. (laughs)
2: Um, I guess I liked, I don't know, you know, as a child, I I felt very restricted. I think I always wanted to be an adult. I liked Mm. where I grew up and it was like pretty and we had a nice house and it was a nice neighborhood. And that's, that's, I think, what I like the most. (laughs)
1: It's a ten-year anniversary of Underbracks, and we've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health. Currently, to one in five. You can find all of this at www.underbracks.com. <laughs> there you go. I wish yeah, go. I wish
2: I had more to say, but it's not coming to me. It's not like it I got... had a bad childhood. I didn't. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. And it got better. It got better as you went went forward. Um. What what do you think is the biggest burden on mental health uh, in society today?
2: I think that, you know, well, it's becoming more and more talked about openly, which is amazing. And especially with social media, people are really getting it out there and it's like taking the stigma away. But I think, you know, the burden for me, especially growing up, like even like with my own brother, I remember like people not understanding how you feel you know, and you feeling bad and wanting to retreat because I'm depressed and I don't want to be around people and I don't want to talk about it because nobody understands and I don't want to be a burden on someone because they don't understand. And if they, if I keep talking about it, they're not going to want to be around me. So I'm just going to be quiet. So I think, yeah, I guess that goes along with the stigma. But well, yeah, I think people yeah. not understanding is very difficult. And people like, oh, just do this and just do that and just find a hobby. And I'm like, okay, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So the, the not understanding is, is hard.
1: I agree. That can make it really difficult and and lonely. It makes you feel very
2: lonely. Yeah.
1: You can't connect and, and, you know, it it really just comes back down to, again, why it's so important. You know, we're having this conversation right now. Everyone should be having these conversations. We need to educate everyone because that's how you make a change. Yeah.
2: I used to gravitate towards other people that were depressed, but then I felt like, <laughs> oh, my God, they're so negative and I need to be around positive people. <laughs> so yeah. it was such a, like, confusing thing. I'm like, but the positive people don't understand, you You know, it's like, I don't know where I belong.
1: That's but such a good point that. as well. It's sort of – it's all balance, isn't it? You can <laughs> sort of go too much one way or too much the other way. Uh, how yeah. do you find – and I think that's life as well, which I don't think there's actually an answer. I don't – I haven't found it, but it sort of seems like it's always this – continual uh process of finding how do i keep everything balanced it's sort of like a a house of cards yeah 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 um what's your personal definition of happiness
2: um i think being content with where you are in the present and feeling good about it and just being at peace like mentally peaceful which I know it doesn't it's not a permanent thing for anybody I mean if if it is for someone I, I god bless them you know but I feel like you know like you said like it's like this always life you know but if you can try to maintain a stability and accept things and you know live day by day with acceptance and you know keep moving that's that's all i mean yeah i think just being happy with in your skin and happy where you are predominantly absolutely hard. yeah it's
1: very hard but yeah i, I love that that answer and
2: not- yeah nothing stays the same ever so you don't know what's around the corner but hopefully you know just deal with it as best you can
1: yep and i think that's such a good point as well you know nothing stays the same not being um too attached to to anything which is so hard i find that so difficult and i know so many people do but mm-hmm. we we can't we can't be if we stay too attached then we can't grow and evolve and do things that we need to do
2: 100 percent, yeah
1: so two more here um what are you most afraid of death <laughs> so, same with me i'm i i can't like I, it's funny i talk to so many people who you know at a certain age come to terms with it they're at peace with it they're okay I am literally, if I'm in bed alone and I think about it, I'll start yelling. I'll start like literally just screaming. Really? I can't. Pr- I don't I, scream, I, I but I it, keep,
2: it keeps me up. And I'm like, why do you do this to yourself every, why are you doing this? Like, when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? What is it? Where does your brain go? I can't mm, like, yeah, I no, know. I can't. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we can have a mutual like
1: meltdown yeah
2: we, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i mean and then before that it's getting old and the whole you know i follow this yep. like hospice nurse on tiktok and i'm like well i'm gonna need her one day so i'm just gonna follow her but never look at her videos <laughs> like literally like <laughs> crazy but yeah it terrifies me and i wish i was the person because i meet people that are like yeah so you die and i'm like wait what like i, I want know. i wish like pray for that acceptance and i'm like no 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 no, what is it? I don't know. I remember my dog died like a few years ago, and my my ex boyfriend said, "Where is he?" and that freaked me out. So I'm gonna cry. So okay, that's the answer to the question.
1: Okay, yeah, we can yeah. let's change the subject. Yes, exactly. Yes. Before right. we both have just a complete meltdown. Right,
2: but, complete. Um, yeah.
1: I'm I'm on the same page with you. So if you ever need to it's talk enough. to someone about that please call me. <laughs> a, a fear um,
2: shared is a fear halved. Okay.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, so final one, what are you most proud of?
2: Um I'm I'm really most proud of I guess two things, I guess of my sobriety and staying sober now, you know, for you know, 3 years now. That's that's a big thing for me when I couldn't get one day. So I'm I'm going to say that because I feel like without that i wouldn't really have much else you know i'm i'm also proud of you know some of the work i've put out there with my my writing i'm i'm proud of that but i think i need you know to put sobriety first so i think i'm really i'm really proud of that
1: that's huge well yeah, yeah thank you so much for yeah i appreciate you making the time to share all of this and and just finally for our listeners which will have all of this in the show notes and when we promote it but Uh, where can where can every anyone listening go to find out more about you to find your book and anything else
2: the book is called don't bring your vibrator to rehab it's available on amazon on ibooks on books barnes and noble and i have a website there it is pamgaslow.com and you can find out more about the book about me and yeah that's
1: it amazing so anyone listening go to the website and find out more and go buy the book (laughs) yeah thank you thank you again really appreciate it
2: thank you it was fun
1: thanks to pam gaslow for joining me today for move your mind if you'd like to join the move your mind community you can go to moveyourmind.me and find the link and you can find the move your mind book at nickbrax.com book and we've also re-released underbrax you can find all of the links at www.underbrax.com